Something that I like to, to a tip that I like to talk about with people. So when you get your menu, you know, they give you the menu, the waiter says, here's your menu. You look at that menu, I want you instead of looking at that as individual single meals that are put together like that and no other, look at that whole totality of those things as a buffet. And if I actually measure myself on a body composition analysis scale, like a whole body scan or an in-body, my body fat percentage is somewhere between 11 and 13%. Yeah. But if I'm looking at body mass index, I'm morbidly obese, and that puts me in the category of being depressed. Let's talk about a new system. Well, they're bringing it on us, right? They've 90% of all the central banks globally, they're gonna come in with messaging like this is the amazing white knight on a shiny horse coming in to save the day, right? Well, no. Eating out. Oh my gosh, that's a big subject right there. People struggle with that, and uh, we, we've got a lot of things that can help them. So I think uh, let's take it from the top. Can you um, sort of have some help eating out? Is it possible to eat healthy? Yes. Well, number one, I just tell people be the boss. When you go to a restaurant, be the boss. No bread, avoid the extra oils, avoid the extra sugars, and avoid all the extra sugars. So obviously we're trying to avoid, that would be a rule, right? Uh, th there's one thing that I like to, to, a tip that I like to talk about with people. So when you get your menu, you know, they give you the menu, the waiter says, here's your menu. You look at that menu, I want you instead of looking at that as individual single meals that are put together like that and no other, look at that whole totality of those things as a buffet. Because in the back of that kitchen, there's a bunch of bins with everything in there. And what we're doing is going scoop, 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 or scoop, scoop, flop, however you want to do that. And they're putting that meal together as it says right there on the menu. So what you can do is you can say, okay, if the entree choice has, for example, uh, grilled fish and it has uh, mashed potatoes and corn, you say, I don't want really want mashed potatoes and corn. And you look up the menu and you see grilled vegetables or you see broccoli. You say, may I have grilled vegetables or broccoli in place of the corn and mashed potatoes with this piece of grilled fish and the waiter's going to say yes at worst they might say well there's a little upcharge like a dollar or two or three but in that case you're actually making it. a better choice yes i often will look at the menu online before i go to the restaurant that gives me uh, the intentionality of what I'm going to order when I get there so I'm not tempted by anything else on the menu. I've seen all of the choices. I definitely don't mm. go in hungry. No. And I've looked at that menu before I get there. Well, then that's a good one. I think uh, leads it to another tip is not going in like starving and ravenous because we make worse decisions typically. You can have some water. If you'll just drink some water and fill that Big stomach. A glass of water. Yeah, fill that water, fill that stomach up with some water, and you go in there a little bit. You can actually see that you'll eat less if you're sipping on water slightly. I'm talking a lot, but sipping on water slightly between several bites. That's actually a good thing. Um, another thing that I like to do is like to tell people when you go with a group, you sometimes have this peer pressure because you don't control what they order. 
but don't let them control what you order. In other words, don't... Be the first to order. Be the first to order or don't participate in someone else's misery. I mean, you have people that have this shame game they play. They say, gosh, Michelle, can't you have a little fun? Come on, eat a piece of pie with me. Gosh, what's wrong with you? Well, we don't fall for that anymore, and you shouldn't either. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just choosing to make your own decision about what you put in your mouth, and there's nothing wrong with that. If somebody's trying to force you to eat something, they're probably going to force you to think something. And for a person trying to force you to do anything is all about control. And that's not really a good thing to hang around with anybody like that. That is true. Another good healthy tip is, you know, the dressings. A lot of times I'll toss the the lettuce or the spinach or the greens in a a whole amount of dressing. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you don't know the calorie load that you're actually going to get. So you can have them put the dressing on the side. That's easy. And you could do the old Weight Watchers trick, you know, dip your fork in the dressing and then put it in the salad or whatever. Um, A lot of times we tell people to do this, you know, if you're uncertain about a dressing, you can always use the vinegar and oil, but make sure that the oil is like um, olive oil because sometimes they can be other kind of oils like a canola oil or something, which is not any good. So you can actually get that in the side and actually increase some of those good healthy fats there potentially with that. Another good tip is don't drink your calories. Mm. If you're drinking any kind of fruit juice or you're putting sugar in your tea or you're drinking sweet tea, that's just fast absorbed sugar. So skip the drinks with that are uh, calories, have water, and eat the calories instead. Like eat a piece of fruit instead of having fruit juice. The stomach is the size of a fist, not the size of a beach ball. Right, so everybody, everybody go like this right now. This is the size of your heart. Now remove one fist, boom, that's the size of your stomach. So what does that mean? If you want to eat less at the restaurant, you know, and even eat better, start with a salad. And that means you're going to chew your food because you can't just inhale a salad. You have to chew it. So that will slow down the time in which you eat, and you'll fill that fistful size up with some of this fibrous food and it will it will sit there and you'll eat less on your main meal so i tell people start off with some roughage like that every single time get yourself a salad and start with a this sort of pre-meal and that will help you not eat as much in the main meal i like that the stomach doesn't have any teeth Mm. so chew your food until you chew your food into soup and you'll oftentimes discover some really cool new types of flavors that you wouldn't have understood as you're inhaling that food. So chew your food. Your stomach doesn't have any teeth. Digestion starts in the mouth. So as we really chew and masticate that food, it's easier on the stomach and better on the digestive processes. A little, you know, we do this a lot too. Sometimes we'll order a a soup sometime beforehand. And I know it kind of goes somewhat, might seem a little contraindicatory with that idea. You said don't drink your calories, but soup has some, some nutrients in it and it also takes up space. So it's actually some kind of nutrients that take up that space in that belly. So you do eat less during the meal. So you can start off with a good hearty soup, like a good hearty vegetable and beef soup. We've done that many times and that's been great. Or some sort of a, um, a vegetable soup as a general, like a broth soup. Those are good as well. The other thing we do is we always share a meal. We look yeah. at the portion size, and if it's late at night, it's often 
uh, a portion for two. So we'll share that portion. And if we're going to have each have a portion, we'll plan to take half home. There was a lot of tips that we talked about here. And folks, here's the thing with this. Take all these tips. I really encourage you in, in this segment here to go back and write them all down. Just make yourself a list and start employing those because that will help you navigate the waters of a menu at a, at a restaurant, even navigate the waters in front of your, your peers and friends out there. So we can actually make a restaurant visit healthy. Body mass index. Is it for real or is it a fraud? Coming up next. And when you navigate through these these economies with people, here's here's what happens. We want to hold their hand through it, let them know when it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, get out of Dodge. Because a lot of times when you're struck with fear, fear does two things. Number one, it can paralyze and, and people just put their head in the sand and say, I'm just going to forget about it and hopefully it gets better. Or it causes you to make a wrong decision. And this is why we are here, is to help people navigate through the political quagmire nonsense that's going on, the economic malaise and the absolute collapse that we're seeing. And when our freedoms are eroding, our political freedoms, our economic freedoms, our personal freedoms, our religious freedoms, our health freedoms, they're all tied together. But you know what doesn't need to erode with that? Our finances. Kirk Elliott, PhD.com forward slash Sherwood. Hey friends, you already know the answer to this, but we'll ask you anyway. If you stay away from your favorite junk food for a month and then go back to supersizing it, will your health improve? Well, that's the thing about change. To change, we have to be as consistent as possible. And when we go back to an old habit, it's not the end of the world. We just get back at the new habit. Before you know it, real transformation is evident to you and others. That's why we offer a bunch of helpful bonuses when you subscribe to Kingdom Fuel. Kingdom Fuel is our complete nutritional meal shake. It's the simple start to a transformed life and we'll auto ship every month so you don't run out. You'll receive two free shaker cups, free access to our video courses and a monthly call with us filled with practical inspiration. Just see the link below or on your screen and subscribe today. The body's amazing at recovery, so you want to give it every chance, no matter what time it is. So in that context, no, it's certainly never too uh, late. You're never too old to start trying to be healthy. No matter where you are in terms of your health, that you can turn this around. It's never too late to start a wellness program, and it's never too late to reach your healthcare goals. I, there's an old adage, um, and I'm not sure where it came from, but I really do like it. And, they say um, the, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. We just want people to hang on to hope. We are hope dealers. And if you are not paying attention to the four foundational pillars of health, physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual, eventually it is gonna catch up. If we get all those four areas right, and we do it right, we see a dynamic occur in the middle called wellness, and that's where people uh, get better. Their health, is really going to return as a side effect of wellness.
common question we get asked all the time is why is body mass inaccurate and why could it potentially be misleading? What is body mass index anyway? Well, it's a weird measurement, I tell you that much. Honestly, it's really kind of a, a, a height over weight comparison, you know, and it doesn't really take into consideration uh, muscle tissue. It doesn't take into consideration really age for that matter. There's other things that it can happen. You can actually have a, a high body mass index classified as either overweight or obese and be very lean in body fat percentage, which is kind of crazy. Well, I mean, I understand, and, and you should understand too, because look at this tiny thing. I mean, you, you are actually overweight. You no, yourself, not just overweight. Are you obese? According to body wow. mass index, I am morbidly obese. And if I actually measure myself on a body composition analysis scale, like a whole body scan or an in-body, my body fat percentage is somewhere between 11 and 13%. Yeah. But if I'm looking at body mass index, I'm morbidly obese. And that puts me in the category of being depressed. Well, it can, and, and I had a story about that in a second. This is crazy. It happened in our clinic, uh, and I've told you about it before, but it, you all have never heard this one. But the um, the thing about BMI or body mass index is it's kind of good if you're talking about like a population. You know, if you're looking at a numerous group of population, you have a whole bunch of people with their height and weight. You can do that to kind of get an idea. It's a rough analysis. Yeah, it's, an it's a rough estimate of maybe people's uh, normality or even overweightness, whatever. But the story I'm talking about is this was several years ago, and um, we we didn't have obviously uh, uh, the we still had a scale. We did our in a part of our process was to weigh somebody. I was out towards the front one day, and a lady passes me that was coming back for an appointment, and she said, "Oh, hi, Mark. How are you? And I, hi, how are you?" And she was, "I'm fine." She seemed like a pretty jovial mood, and I started walking down the hallway. And the same voice that just seemed like she was in a jovial mood says to these words, gosh, I am so depressed now. And I thought, what happened? It's called obsession with the scale. Yeah, I looked around and she was standing on the scale and one of our medical assistants was standing next to her. And I thought to myself, what just happened? Because she looked great. I mean, she'd always been on plan. So I went back there and I saw her on the scale and I said, hang on a second before we put her in the room. Yeah. And I, I took her and put her on the the. The body impedance analysis, which is going to measure body fat percentage, right? So I put her on the body fat percentage analysis, and it turns out she had been increased two pounds in, in muscle mass and decreased one pound in body fat. Well, that made for a decrease in body fat percentage, but an increase in weight and an increase in BMI or body mass index. So she'd actually improved, gained weight, and in, sort of got worse in her BMI, and it, that was the day, that was the day I decided to take that expensive scale and go across the parking lot to the dumpster. Well, you where know, it probably sits today somewhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, in wait, some landfill. I don't know. Weight, weight is an important measure, but what's more important is we have to understand what this whole skin bag, this temple, this yeah. thing that we live in is made up of. We need to know about how much lean mass we carry. That's metabolic fuel. We need to know how much fat there is, and not just fat, but how much is in the organs. That's going to be a big yeah. problem if visceral fat goes up, because we know that fat, once it passes a certain threshold, that's inflammatory. It is, and actually on our uh, machine that we have, our body and our bioimpedance machine, we have a little measure that, that measures the uh, visceral fat 
or visceral adipose tissue. And that's very important to understand because it's really the fat that's from your rib cage down to, you know, your hip bones or whatever. And it actually is near your, your organs, which is like crazy to think about. When we have that fat that accumulates down in the belly area, we tend to think that's our stomach. But our stomach is not that. It's way above that. It's the size of what? A fist. That's it. Yeah, right there. That's fist. That is all your stomach is. Right? That's it. This down here is, is visceral fat. And it's dangerous because to have even a normal BMI, right, and have a lot of visceral fat, we still have a lot of risk factor for toxicity and inflammation. Yeah, that's... So it, it's just... It, the BMI doesn't equate to health is what I'm getting at. Yeah, in that condition, it's called sarcopenic obesity. Somebody can look good on the outside, but if you actually put them on a body composition analysis machine of some form, they may absolutely be in trouble, meaning they have fat in their organs. They've got more yellow fat around their frame than they need to be carrying. Hmm. That puts them in danger for all chronic sickness and disease because we know fat is inflammatory. For every pound you're overweight, it's times 10 on the joints and the right. vascular system. So if it's 10 pounds, that's times 100. And walking through space, Ouch. step after step, day after day, 100 extra pounds is going to add up. It is saddening to me and disheartening, two things, that America is still depending on the scale to determine health. That's number one. Yeah. The sad thing is also in the article that you know, you're referring to that we let off this segment in is that that article is finally saying groundbreaking news. Groundbreaking. BMI, BMI may not be a good calculator towards these disease processes. And I mean, what's taking so long? Why are we so slow in waking up to reality? And, you know, with people's um, obsession with weight, we've got to look at America. It is. We've got a bunch of scales but we've got a lot of overweight people, which is sad. So we need to sort of shift our perception, shift the paradigm, and begin to sort of maybe get rid of the scales altogether and just begin to measure body, body composition. And that would be something that every you know doctor's office or clinic or even healthcare environment, if there is such a thing anymore, should be uh, really in tune to at this point. So we should really be shifting from body mass index to body composition as the standard, or it should be a vital sign in every practitioner's office so that we get the right measures about what the system is made up of. So if you're wondering about body fat percentages, uh, men, we need you to be between about 10 and about 18%. Women, somewhere between about 18 and about 26%. And you can only determine that by getting your body fat percentage measured, but you're not going to find that with BMI. So Rely less on the scale weight and rely more on percent body fat. If you're in the Tulsa area, of course, you can come see us. We've got a, a great machine. You can check it out, and uh, we'd love to see you there. Up next, our financial guru, Kirk Elliott, gives us advice on what you need to know at this time in history. Let's get real. Most emergency food is just as bad for you as any other choice in the standard American diet, and that's just sad. We don't just need food. We need highly nutritional food. We don't just want to survive food shortages. We are meant to thrive in adversity. Complete your daily nutrition and have shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now. Hello, I'm Kevin Sorbo. Now there's an old saying. It's not what you know, but who you know. 
that matters. Now that's true in our careers, spiritual life, and when it comes to our health and overall well-being. Today, most of us know a lot of information about health and nutrition, but are we really doing anything with it? So here's what I've learned from working with Drs. Michelle and Mark Sherwood. They're the founders of the Functional Medical Institute. You need a wellness plan that's customized based on your unique needs. Now remember, real change can only happen when you address the whole person. That is exactly what Mark and Michelle do and why they are people you should know. They'll help you discover what you need to experience transformation. Find out at Sherwood.tv slash Sorbo. That's Sherwood.tv slash Sorbo or just see the link below. Have a great day and God bless. I could use your assistance. Okay. Um, Jesus. Huh? I, my name is Jesus. <laughs> sure. Jesus. Jesus is here today. You, uh, you looking for a job? Yes, sir. You and Mark have 45 days before the bank forecloses. Not to worry. They do not call me by God buyer for nothing. The collection plate starts to be passed around. Mark reaches into the basket and shouts, you and your family are the winner from the first church of the Lotto. Kind of think of it like a high stakes bingo night ever this video of the diaper is going viral right before our eyes. This is a miracle. What, what is? Friends of Faith has over 300,000 followers. Oh my dad! That's more followers than Moses had. Jesus! Take the wheel! Say no, Stop take it. the wheel! I got it! I got it, buddy! Mark, it's great to be with you again. And um, we've all been talking about the globalists and their plans for a, a big global reset and what that means for, for a long time now. Well, starting on January 16th, for one week, they were all meeting the, the, the G7, the G20, the IMF, the World Economic Forum, um, all the big globalist policy leaders globally were meeting in Davos, Switzerland, like they do every single year. They had this confab, right? So what were they talking about, right? Well, before they even met, their notes came out, you know, the outline, this is what we're going to talk about to all you people that are here, right? All the, the globalists, and we've got Republicans and Democrats and politicians there. They're all meeting. And what are they talking about? What did they talk about, right? So according to the World Economic Forum website, these are the topics. And, and again, like I've said before, words have meaning, right? So let's listen to these words. They're, they're bullet points. They're going to address the current energy and food crisis in the context of a new system for energy, climate, and nature. They're going to address the current high inflation, low growth, high debt economy in the context of a new system for investment, trade, and infrastructure address the current industry headwinds in the context of a new system for harnessing frontier technologies for private sector innovation and resilience. They're going to address the current social vulnerabilities in the context of a new system for work, skills, and care. 
and they're going to address the current geopolitical risk in the context of a new system for dialogue and cooperation in a multipolar world. It's like, what's all this talk about a new system? Well, they're bringing it on us, right? They've 90% of all the central banks globally are now starting to issue central or going down the path of a central bank digital currency. Now, they're going to come in with messaging like this is the amazing white knight on a shiny horse coming in to save the day, right? Well, no, this is not what it's about. All that a central bank digital currency is, is cryptocurrency. It's a digital version of the paper money that they already print. However, so they can print just as many dollars as they want, right? Or as many yen or as many euro as they want. They can issue as many digital version of that currency as well because there's no tangible backing behind it. So it's going to do nothing to address the inflationary pressures. But here's the deal, Mark, for you know the old saying, never let a good crisis go to waste. Okay, nobody would want a system where your digital social profile what you spend money on, what your religion is, who you donate to, what church you give to, what political party you give to, how you spend your money. Have you been vaxxed or not vaxxed, right? All of this is part of our digital social profile. And if they don't like it, because it's programmable money, they have the authority to shut off your ability to buy or sell. This is what a digital social profile attached to a central bank digital currency does. So when they're talking about a new system, this is the system they're talking about. How do I know that it's not some other system? Because further on in their notes, they talk about how this, this is going to be a new normal, how they have to talk about a global coalition for digital safety, because there's big efforts that we need to tackle here. They need to talk about applying human rights to the digital world. Why? Because they know that their system is going to strip away our privacy, our freedom, and our rights. And so they need to talk about how are we going to tackle this when we're going to have a ton of opposition from stripping people of their freedom and their privacy completely. So this is what's going on politically. And all of our investments, Mark, are we are a combination of some puzzle pieces. The political puzzle piece, the economic puzzle piece, the social puzzle piece, right? They all get put together, and this is what I do and what we do at our firm is put those puzzle pieces together and strategically put together a system to get out of the path of this hurricane and safely reallocate to get out of the system where you're not just a digital number, where your programmable money can shut you off from buying or selling, right? So how do you do that? With tangible assets like gold and silver that not only... Have we talked about in the past how they're great investments? I mean, they're they're booming, but they're also in this respect, um, also instrumental in protecting your religious freedom, your personal freedom, your political freedom, your economic freedom, your health freedom, because it's private. They're private transactions. So, so call our office. You know, Mark, you and I talk a lot about this, and and every one of the viewers should give us a call because we can strategically map out. It's a free consultation, your strategy for success so you can thrive. And all you have to do is go to kirkelliotphd.com forward slash Sherwood, or you can just give our office a call 720-605-3900 and say Dr. Mark sent you. Exploring biohacking, bioharmonizing, biosynergizing, stacking, resilience, or anti-fragility. Start here. No gimmicks, just proven results. 